It's Behind the Mic with Audiophile Magazine. This is the place where the editors of Audiophile give you their recommendations for some really, really cool listening. But this week is a special week because it is the week of the Audio Awards. And the Audio Awards are basically the Oscars of audiobooks. So with me to talk about the Audio Award winners is Michelle Cobb. She's publisher of Audiophile Magazine. Hello, Michelle. Hello, Joe. Are you ready for the big to-do tonight? Not really. <laughs> there's, still, <laughs> there's still much to do, including putting flowers on tables and uh, making sure all the presenters arrive on time. It's going to be a fun evening, but there's also a lot of uh, you know stress in the setup. Well, why don't you explain just a little bit about the Audio Awards? I call them the Oscars of audiobooks, and I think that's true. But how are, how are the winners and nominees picked, decided? Tell me what goes into it. Sure. Well, it's a long and rigorous process. We actually work with hundreds of judges to winnow down a huge pool. We had about 1,400 submissions, and those go through multiple rounds of listening, even just to become a finalist. And then the finalists get a whole nother round of listens. So if you win an Audi, your book has been listened to by a minimum of nine judges. Goodness. So that's quite a lot. And we should say the awards are tonight. Today we're going to discuss Audiobook of the Year, but we're not going to know the winner. We'll announce that tomorrow. Yes, we'll be barely awake to announce that tomorrow. Yes. Yes, That's exactly (laughs) right with achy feet. Okay, well, well, we should say there are six nominees for Audiobook of the Year, and they are... Charlotte's Web by E.B. White, which is read by a full cast. There's also The Testaments, which is a sequel to The Handmaid's Tale, and that's by Margaret Atwood, and that's also read by a full cast. There's Becoming by Michelle Obama, read by Michelle Obama, and there's The Dutch House by Ann Patchett, read by Tom Hanks. Did I get them all? Well, those are the four that we're not going to talk about. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And here are the two that we are going to talk about. And I'll let you take it from here. Sure. Well, I made it my goal this year to listen to all of the Audiobook of the Year finalists before the ceremony. And boy, was I glad I did. What I loved about all of these finalists is how different they are. But I also Mm -hmm. think that the judges did an amazing job of identifying titles that were recognizable, but also excellent listening experiences. So we're going to start off today talking about Angels in America. Uh. It's a gay fantasia on national themes by Tony Kushner, and it's starring Andrew Garfield, Nathan Lane, Susan Brown, Denise Goff, Beth Malone, James McArdle, Lee Pace, Nathan Stewart Jarrett, and it has interstitial narration by Bobby Cannavale and Edie Falco. And how does the narration work in the book? So this is actually a play, and what they have done, instead of using using sound effects and music to kind of create those missing visuals and understanding of the stage direction. They've brought in these 
heavy New York theater connection actors, Bobby Cannavale and Edie Falco, to read the stage directions. And that, I think, was really just to make sure that we fully understand what's going on without seeing some of these things with our eyes. Well, it's interesting because it was so beautifully staged and it has some striking visual effects. And I assume that's where the narrators come in, giving stage not just directions, but what's happening on the stage. Right. So if, you know, it's little things even, like a character swallows. So instead of having a sound effect, you actually have Bobby Cannavale saying he swallowed Mm. to kind of give the, the full picture of what's going on. And this was the Broadway revival cast actually doing the recording as well. So these are people that know the play, they know the, you know, the text, they know how to interact together. And, you know, I'm a huge theater geek. And this play about the AIDS crisis is an award winner for many reasons. But of course, I didn't make it to Broadway to see this revival. So it was really nice to be able to be transported via my ears as if I did make it to Broadway. And just let me ask you, did they record this like, for example, L.A. Theatre Works might, you know, by having the cast on a stage and, and recording it that way? No, which was a true surprise to me. So the editors of this piece really deserve some huge kudos. There's so many stars in the title that it would be hard to get them back all together to record so they right that's what I was thinking they would just do it while it was you know while it was playing on stage right no they didn't do that they brought the actors into various recording studios on their own and so they you know kind of recreated this and I'll cut this together uh, to make sure that the dialogue was interactive and that's an important piece of audio drama so they did an amazing job of bringing that all together and making us feel like they were all in the room together my God, that's amazing. What a feat that is. Yes. Um, why, why don't we listen to a little bit of it? I know you have a clip. Can set the clip up for us. This is a bit of scene three. It's Harper played by Denise Goff, and she's talking to Mr. Lies in one of her hallucinations. So let's hear the clip. It is against the bylaws of the International Order of Travel Agents to get involved with clients. Rules are rules anyway. I'm not the one you really want. There isn't anyone, or maybe an Eskimo, who could ice fish for food and help me build a nest for when the baby comes. There are no Eskimo in Antarctica, and you are not really pregnant. You made that up. Well, all of this is made up. So if the snow feels cold, I'm pregnant. Right? Here, I can be pregnant, and I can have any kind of baby I want. This is a retreat. A vacuum. Its virtue is that it lacks everything. Deep freeze for the feelings. You can be numb and safe here. That's what you came for. Respect the delicate ecology of your delusions. You see, now this makes me want to go and see the play or listen to the play again, listen to the whole thing. Yes, well, you can't see it this moment on Broadway, so go ahead and listen. (laughs) So this is nominated for Audiobook of the Year, and we will find out whether or not it will win. Details on that will come tomorrow, but we also have another one to discuss that we hadn't talked about earlier, and that is... The Only Plane in the Sky, an oral history of 9-11 by Garrett M. Graff, 
and it's exactly what the subtitle says. It's an oral history. And this is read by Holter Graham, or narrated really by Holter Graham, with a very full cast, including the author. And it is an extraordinary book. I, I listened to this book, and it really is riveting. Yes. I mean, I remember 9-11 very vividly, you know, seeing things on the television, listening to it on the radio. But what was surprising to me was how many new details I learned from listening to this. You know, I had never heard recordings between flight attendants on the first hijacked plane as they're calling their airline to inform them what's going on and asking for help. And these incredible tales of colleagues taking someone in a wheelchair down from one of the top floors of the world trade as a group. They all did it together as a team, making sure that they all got out safely. You know, really horrific tales of what was happening, people not wanting to burn, jumping out of the, the towers and in one case, actually killing a first responder. These are things I didn't have all the the facts and figures and details on. And so it was emotional and affecting and really memorable as a listen, but it was also so compelling to learn more than I had ever known before. Yeah, no, I quite agree. And it it actually gave you such a visceral sense um, when they talked about the buildings collapsed. And one of the people said, just think of having your mouth and your nose filled with flour and trying to breathe. And my God, what an image that was. Yeah, I've really truly cried uh, multiple times when I was listening to this. Yeah, it's hard not to. Yeah, and it wasn't just sadness. Some of it was relief and also being impressed with how humans can hold each other up in crisis. Mm -hmm. And there are so many voices in this mix. You know, it's archival recordings. It's, you know, actors playing real people. It's real people themselves, some of them recognizable. And you've got Holter Graham in between kind of having this calming effect on giving you the facts and figures, but also really telling a story, crafting a story, which is so important in nonfiction. And for me, this is an audiobook. I would say, even if you've never listened to one before, try this. You're going to learn something and you will also be affected. And it's just an extraordinary listen in my mind. Yeah, no, I agree. My other my other suggestion, just listen to the prologue at the end, because basically it, it tells you how it came together. And I think it's actually even more effective as an afterword rather than a prologue. Yeah, I really enjoyed listening to him talking about how it all came together. And also, he had a conversation at the end with Holter Graham, who Mm -hmm. had a very personal connection and lived in New York when 9-11 happened and was involved in helping first responders and potentially has some health impacts from the help that he provided. So... It'll be interesting to to see, you know, who's victorious tonight, but um, this one was an incredibly memorable listen for me. Now, you have a clip. Do you want to set it up for us? Sure. This is where you hear Holter Graham's narration interspersed with 
archival sound footage of that flight attendant calling her airline for assistance. And the little details, like the number of the flight being relayed incorrectly, are things I never would have known and are important to pay attention to as you listen to this. Okay, here's the only plane in the sky. About 20 minutes after takeoff, and just minutes after the hijacking, Betty Ong, a 45-year-old flight attendant aboard American Airlines Flight 11, used an in-seat AT&T airphone to call the airline's reservations line, reaching agent Winston Sadler at American's Southeastern Reservations Office in Cary, North Carolina. The call would last 25 minutes. Ong had chosen to fly on Flight 11 that day, so she could meet her sister to plan their trip to Hawaii for the following week. Betty Ong. Um, the cockpit's not answering. Somebody's stabbed in business class. And um, I think there's mates that we can't breathe. I, I don't know. I think we're getting hijacked. Winston Sadler. Which flight are you on? Flight 12. In her panic, Ong gave the wrong flight number. It also gets at this clip how random who lived, who died, those last minute choices. She wanted to get on a plane to see her sister. Yes, that's true. That yeah. that struck me again and again and again throughout that book. Turn left, turn right, yep. go up, go down. You lived, you died. Extraordinary. It really nailed it home. So we will see what happens tonight. Yeah, again, I mean, I cannot emphasize enough, like any of these audiobooks are totally worth your time. And uh, it'll be an exciting evening to see uh, who wins. I know, it'll be a lot of fun. So the next time I see you, we'll both be all dolled up. Exactly, that's true. Although I I have to schlep all the stuff in between, so I'll be sweaty and gross in between. (laughs) Okay, but then you'll be dolled up. I know you, you can put it on. (laughs) I'll talk to you later, Michelle. All right. See you tonight. See you tonight. Support for Behind the Mic comes from Oasis Audio. They're the publishers of Jolena Petersheim's How the Light Gets In, which is a 2020 Audio Awards finalist. And go to audiophilemagazine.com where you can read reviews literally for all the books we're talking about. And if you want to find out what we think about the Audi nominees, then just go to theaudies.com and that'll take you directly there. And you can read the reviews for all of the nominations for Audiobook of the Year. I'm Joe Reed. Talk to you tomorrow.